Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to The Anthony Sane Show. This, of course, is Anthony Sane. Kenny Stubblefield, my guys across the glass. What's going on with you, Kenny Stubblefield? My brother, it's a beautiful night. Man, beautiful. hot as all hell, but oh, it's, man, it's, it's good to be hot, here. Man. It's stupid hot, man. My head hurting, man. It's... I'm probably slick dehydrated, man. It's, it's, I, I don't have time for this. I'm too old for this type of heat, man. Man, we, we've been in Memphis now for – you're 43, I'm 42. We've been here for the majority of our lives, and I'm still not used to this. No, nah, man, it's that boiling cooked fish hot outside, like on your back somewhere. <laughs> no grease needed, man. Just throw, just put a piece of fish on a plate and watch it cook. That's it. Yeah, man, for sure. A um, lot of stuff going on uh, since the last time we talked. Um, NBA free agency starts today. We air today on a Friday. Um, in a couple hours from when you watch this, NBA free agency is going to be jumping off. You probably have already seen every signing. It's probably already been announced by Adrian Wojnarowski. Man, or, come on, man. This, bro, that is out of out of hand how this whole thing is going. Like, is there any – what's the point of even talking about tampering if guys can just if, – if the media guys are breaking not, – not just I'm hearing so-and-so is connected to so-and-so or so-and-so has interest in so-and-so. You're hearing, like, contract details. Like – you saw it with Houston today. Man, come on, man. We'll, we'll talk about that today for sure uh, with free AC on the way. But in a city such as Memphis, that is not the biggest thing. That is not the biggest story since the last time we talked, Kenny Stubblefield. The biggest story since we talked was the uh, commitment, the transfer of Jordan Brown, a 6'10", 6'11"-ish big man from uh, Louisiana. I'm so confused about what school is what, what is what school in Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, which one? Right, is it? because when I was a kid, there was Southwest Louisiana. That was the Raging Cajuns, and that they became that's that's this school, right? This is Louis. That's Louisiana University, right? I don't think. So. I mean, is it? Man, I don't know. He from somewhere in the swamp. He from somewhere down there in in Louisiana. I don't know what school. One of them, because because I thought he went to the same school that. Um, Junior Lofton went to, but it's not. No, it's not the same one that Junior went Man, to. Man, I don't know. Yeah. He's from Louisiana, but not LSU. So one of the other schools, <laughs> he's from one of them. Um, very tall, skilled, big. Um, I'm going to tell you who he, who he gives me shades of. Bro, when you told me this, I, like, lost my mind. I had to age myself a little bit. Uh, he reminds me of another big in that 6'10", 6'11". Um, you know, traditional back to the basket type big. Breaking news: It is the Raging Cajuns. Okay, so it's Southwest. This is the old. This is the old this Southwest. Is the old region. Southwest. All right. Louisiana. Yeah. All right. So Southeast. One of them. Southwest. Southeast. One yes, of the yes. directional schools. Yeah. Um, he reminds me of Kelly Wise. He reminds me of Kelly Wise for sure. I definitely see a lot of his game in there. Um, maybe from the unkemptness of it all. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. That might be. They may play into it. Uh, Kelly Wise kind of had a, you, a, a scraggly look. That might be it. Did yeah. you see uh, Devin, Devin Walker's yeah. tweet? Yeah, man, I saw it. Called that man Don Tripp. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jordan Brown, super exciting. I think he's like a 20-point. How many rebounds? 19 and 8. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, that's what Penny needs for sure. Two blocks a game, just a, a beast. Yep. And even with Jalen Duran, who was a you know one-and-done pro, who a guy who's really you know doing his thing, in the NBA too, this is probably the most skilled, like back to the basket, old school big, without a doubt. I mean, Wiseman, 
Well, we didn't see Wiseman, right? Yeah. Like, we didn't see Wiseman much. But, no, I mean, I think James could have been as skilled. James's skill set was really his ability to, to mm-hmm. run the floor. His he athleticism. Could, his athleticism. Was, yeah. He was wild. Seven foot one. Yeah. Athleticism. But in terms of what we grew up watching, back to the basket, over the, over both shoulder right. hooks. Lorenzo Wright. Lorenzo Wright. Yeah. Yes. David Vaughn. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly Wise. Wise yes. Yeah. That's this is the best, most skilled big man he's had since he's been at Memphis. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm excited to see him there. Big signing, man. People are, can say what you want. When you get a guy at that level, it just raises the floor of this team. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, just I'll, to give you a quick little glimpse into this thing, like people talk about right now, like where they're at in the transfer portal, the time, the date, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, that he's the best you could get. The number one big man that came into the transfer portal this summer was a guy named Kalel Ware, who mm-hmm. played for Oregon. He was he's a projected lottery pick. He's this, that, and the third. Averaged five points last year. Oh wow. Was not aware of that at all. And this guy, so so my my theory on it is no matter when Jordan entered the the portal, he's the best big the portal has seen so far this year. Yeah, in my opinion, I think he is too. I'm I'm really excited about him getting there. Also, another news, not particularly news, but the 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 temperature feels like another player could be coming to Memphis soon. Uh, Javon Quinterly, a uh, uh, 29 year old. No, I'm just playing. He's, <laughs> he's about 24 years old. Uh, little little known fact to me until last night, uh, Kenyon Stubblefield. I hop, hopped on my phone, and you know YouTube's algorithm algorithm sometimes, you know. And there's a video from this guy. Uh, he does these videos called Stunted Growth. Right. And he talks about guys who had potential, could have made it, didn't make it, those type of things. And he had a video about Javon Quinterly that launched last night. And it talked about him transferring again. I did not know that Javon Quinterly was a key member of the Jelly Fam. Kenny Stubblefield. Are, right? you, are you familiar with, this, with the Jelly Fam? 1,000% New York City, baby. Yeah, uh, Javon, uh, Quinn, Javon Quinley is a member of uh, Jelly Fam. Uh, his, uh, Nas Reed, one of his, also one of his members of Jelly Fam, is, just got paid the other day. Was set up to get paid in free agency. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count him in the fold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him a Tiger. Yep. Go Tigers, go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add him to the fold. Uh, I think it's between us and maybe Miami or some other schools or something like that, stuff I've heard. Right. Um, I think if you add a guy like Jordan Brown, you add a guard like Javon Quinley, who at one point was a one of the top point guards in the country, had some injuries. Five-star, yep. Yeah, had injuries, those type of things. Um, probably made some bad decisions as far as transferring or picking his original school. Well, he went to Villanova. Mm-hmm. Transferred to Alabama, played three years. He right. got he got over recruited at Alabama last year. That's why I think he's transferring. He was the guy for the first two years he was there. Mm-hmm. Then last year they bring in in the transfer portal Mark Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, played for oh god Toledo maybe yeah maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then uh, they brought in Jaden Bradley, the five star freshman from IMG. Mm-hmm. And um, it was clear to me that that Nate Oates, the coach at Alabama, decided that he wanted Mark Spears and Jaden Bradley to run his team. And Javon played, but his minutes dipped, and you saw a little dip mm-hmm. in his his uh, the his numbers. But nothing has changed in his game in terms of how good he is. He just got over recruited a little bit. Yeah, there are some people that say that he hasn't been the same. 
uh, since the injury that he had. I can't remember what, what injury it was, but some people have said he hasn't been the same since then. But I'll say this, man. If you've got 80 90% of that kid, it's better than your alternatives that you had on this roster. 100%. And you get a, a top-tier lead guard in Quinterly. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to go ahead and say And by the time this show airs, we may know that he is a Tiger. I mean, who knows? Um, you got Jordan Brown. You got this entire cast of guys that, that Penny has brought in over this offseason. I'm going to say that that's a hell of a team that Penny is putting together. Um, and I'll, I'll ask this question, Kenny. You talk to the analysts. I'm watching this show yesterday with, uh, I can't think of the name of the publication, but John Martin uh, produces for them as well. He does. You Phil, know, Phil to 68. Yeah, Phil to 68. That's right. And I don't know who this guy is. Some bald head ass um, uh, Lex Luthor looking mug was on there. <laughs> I don't know who this dude is. I don't really know a lot of the college basketball guys. But he's like some petty ass dude. Yeah, man. Like he's they're like taking shots at Memphis and you know, you know, Jordan Brown, he's fine, you know, whatever. And I'm like, man, come on, man. Like, stop, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you know that team that Penny's putting together is gonna be good. And they started talking about FAU and oh, they're not nearly as good as FAU. And I'll just say this, man. I just call bullshit on the whole thing. Cause I'm like, bro, I watched Memphis play FAU. Memphis had that game one. And if Memphis had have beaten that team like they should have in the NCAA tournament, no one in the world would be saying that this FAU team is that, especially not leaps and bounds better. And they wouldn't be saying that they're better at all. I know a lot of people are excited about FAU. I'm not going to say that they had a fluke run, but that's not something I don't, I don't, I don't think you, you should expect those, that same level of end-of-season production from FAU. I think this Memphis roster is better than, than theirs is. And I think that Memphis will be the best team in the new look AEC. Well, I mean, you 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 think about this FAU team, mm-hmm. and and they've built it around a a, a badass backcourt. Mm-hmm. They got this kid named John L. Davis and Elijah Martin. They got a couple of other guys who can shoot, who can dribble, who can get in the ba- get to the basket. Their front court not very good. They've got a one big like Russian seven foot one kid, but it doesn't really play. It doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they. They're a tough team, man. Like they went thirty-four and three last year. Yeah, they're good now. But I'm just saying, don't act like right. You know what I mean? We we had that team beat. We had the team beat in the first game in the NCAA tournament. And, and to be real with you, man, being in the arena when that game was going on, look at you, Memphis, look at you, status dropping, man. Memphis was Memphis. That was the worst they played all year. That was the worst yeah, game they had all year. It was terrible. How badly? How badly they they played? Right. And so. You you th- you think about it, and that game hinged so much because Memphis had the chance. You know, Fairleigh Dickinson mm-hmm. had just beat Purdue one in mm-hmm. sixteen um, right before that game, and I'm sitting there underneath the belly of the of the arena with Christian Fowler on on the bluff, and we're sitting there going, "We got to go to New York next weekend because that's a Sweet Sixteen, mm-hmm. and they're going to play Tennessee next weekend." Because nobody thought FAU was about to beat Memphis in that game, especially the way that Memphis had come out. From the AAC tournament, man. Mm-hmm. They played like one of the top top teams in the country in that tournament. Right. And then just went out and completely laid an egg. And it took some real suspect referee calls and horseshit play by the Tigers for FAU to beat yeah. them at the buzzer. Yeah, don't so don't do that, man. Don't act like don't act like these dudes just on another level, man. Cause this team that Penny already's been together. I'm I will say this. As far as like star power and like known name power. This isn't the best team. But if you're talking about one through ten depth on this team, this is Penny Hardaway's best team. 
There's no James Wiseman. There's no Precious Achua. There's no Jalen Duran. There's no Kendrick Davis. But this team. There's no Imani Bates. There's no Imani Bates. This team is talented. It's a, it's a almost a perfect mix of older guys that were good, productive guys in college basketball, plus guys who are not as old but are good, who have been around long enough to not – well, you're not worried about what they do. You know that they can come in and play a role and do something on this team. There were a lot of guys in years past that lowered the floor of how bad this team could be because they weren't, just weren't that good man. Of players. And 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 I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. I'm the type of person who I grew up. I'm a Grizzly fan because I grew up being a Tiger fan, which is the story for most people my age. But my my give a dammitness about Tiger basketball has depleted over the years for several reasons. But I'm here making a bold confession, Kenny Stubblefield. This is the first time I've been. I've really been engaged like I care about what's really going on with Tiger basketball in a very long time. The Wiseman class was the last time. But that when I when I actually saw that team, I was like, this is a bunch of kids. They don't know what they're doing. And I was out. Yep. I am confident because everybody was talking about last year's team. You had Kendrick Davis. You had DeAndre Williams, two of the better players in the conference, one of the better point guards in the country, one of the better bigs in the country, um, hybrid bigs and DeAndre Williams. That team, I had that was a running joke I had. As you know, I go on Jason and John's show every Friday um, for eleven twenty-five a.m. There was a running joke where I called last year's Memphis team the best sorry team in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to me, they were man. I was like, okay, they're going to be fine because they're old. They're, they're older. They got guys that can play defense. You got a hell of a lead guard. You got a hell of a big that you can go play two-man game with. Those two guys alone, you're only going to be so bad. But they weren't a very talented team. Uh, they're extremely, extremely top-heavy. Yeah, and there weren't a lot of guys on that team that I really thought were just good guys that you could trust in the end of the game who make plays. This this Tiger team is talented, man. Just just keeping an eye on the guys that I've seen them bring in, where they came from, the type of guys they were. These are – this is a talented team, man. But I'll say this, Kenny. There is one thing that I am – just a twidge concerned about. And I'll share that with you now. There's a name that we, we've mentioned a lot, but never mentioned with this team in this segment. And that person is DeAndre Williams. Uh, DeAndre Williams, of course, um, kind of found out he may have had a possibility to get more uh, uh, eligibility, that he might have had some eligibility left. We, we've, if you are a fan of Bluff City Media, you've heard that on every show. Uh, it's been a big topic with DeAndre Williams. Uh... This is the this is the dilemma. We've all been excited about Jordan Brown. We've all excited about the possibility of Javon Quinterly, who I think is probably the third best player on this team, is David Jones, a combo forward. Yeah, man. He played uh, power forward last year, probably more of a three than a four, but he can definitely play the four. And we've seen this. Want to say he's around a 14, 15 point per game score? Yeah, six six, big body. Yeah. Yeah, um, strong guy, can rebound, all those type of things. Left-handed. Yeah, he can do his thing, man. A lot of people have said that he does a lot of the things that DeAndre Williams does. And he's kind of in the DeAndre Williams mold. My question is not about David Jones. Because I think if you get De- DeAndre Williams on this team, you could slide Jones down to be a jumbo small forward. Stronger 4-3 that would type. Be, that would be the ideal spot for him. Right. But if that happens... 
You've also got this kid, Tia Fall Leonard, who's a super athletic. <laughs> People call this kid a possible, you know, draft uh, prospect type of kid, mega athletic mm. defender, guy who, like I said, a draft prospect. Long, yeah, quick. all that. Not much of a shooter, but just one of those energy guys who who you definitely had penciled in as your small forward before the DeAndre Williams stuff came up. And that's the only thing I think that could be a possible problem for Penny is dealing with that. And I'll throw this out to you, Kenny. You tell me what you think. I threw this into the world-famous Discord chat of Bluff City Media that you can also be a part of for the low, low price of $9.99. Is that correct? That's $5 a month. What? Yeah. I thought it was nine ninety nine. Nah, Look at it. $5 Look at me throwing out fake numbers act like I was surprised. It's a cup of coffee at Starbucks, baby. <laughs> right. For the price of a five for five at whatever, Wendy's, <laughs> whatever they call it. <laughs> the biggie bag. The biggie bag. Four for five. No, but uh, seriously, um, I talked about this in the chat. And I threw this out. Would it be... Let's say I'm DeAndre Williams. Now I'll say this. I think if you get DeAndre Williams and he starts at power forward, the T the, the Fall Leonard situation gets sketchy. Because I he's a guy who I think came here to start. Right. Now I'm not gonna say he should have priority over definitely over DeAndre. He shouldn't have priority over, you know, even David Jones. But I think that he does see himself as a starter on his team. And I'll throw this out to you. I'll throw this out to the listeners. You guys tell me what you think. If I'm DeAndre Williams and I've played a long, illustrious college career that uh, spanned decades, you know, he saw uh, Danny Manning play at Kansas. No, I'm just playing. Um, He's been to college basketball for a while. If you feel like the NBA route isn't happening, which I'm sure DeAndre Williams probably feels – because by the time he comes out of college this year, he would be, if he played one more year, he would be 28. Am I not mistaken? Going into the draft. I don't know exactly when his birthday is, but 27 or 28. Right. Um, I think that dream may be over as far as being an NBA player. You're going to make a ton of money in NIL regardless. And you're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to live in Memphis or go back home wherever he's from, and, and I'm sure he'll be, you know, he'll be fine. Do you think DeAndre Williams cares if he starts or not on this team? And would he be, how well suited would he be if he didn't start for this team? Just throwing something out. If it sounds dumb, that's fine. I'm, I'm throwing it out to you, yeah. Kenny, and I'm throwing it out to the people. Well, Because I, it, it would solve a lot of, you, you, it would solve a lot of chemistry issues that could be there. Then you could bring him in as your five, as your four, play him with Nick Jordan, whatever you're doing. I'm just throwing it out there to you. Do yeah. you think he really cares at this point of his career? Yeah. I mean, I think um, obviously in the time that I've had the chance to to talk to DeAndre, mm-hmm. he's a team guy. Um, he loves Memphis. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, he, you know, you saw it in his statement that he gave about, you know, going after that another year of eligibility is, man, just the honor of being able to put on the Tiger uniform mm-hmm. means a lot to him. Um, Penny Hardaway means a lot to him. I would say this. Would he care about not starting? If I know DeAndre, probably not. But if Penny Hardaway is smart, you start DeAndre Williams. Mm -hmm. You play DeAndre and you play Jordan Brown together. 
and you roll out literally one of the top two or three courts in the entire country. Oh, man. Man, it could be so good. And so I I think that you, you talk about the chemistry issues and you look at a guy like TFL Leonard and you say, listen, man, it is, yes, you are starter level. Mm-hmm. But you have a chance to be a major contributor off the bench, one of the top one, two guys off the bench, to come in and play multiple positions. You could bring him in at the three and give David Jones a spell. You could bring him in at the two and bring – uh, let Caleb Mills mm-hmm. scoot over to the one. You could do a lot of different things with him and roll out a 6'6", 6'7", 6'6", 6'9", seven-foot lineup and ball people out the gym. And so you look at TFL Leonard and you say, hey, man, you're here. We've got to give DeAndre a shot to mm-hmm. come back. We're going to run that route. We're going to go and do that. We're going to try to figure out what that looks like. This team, with you coming off the bench, mm-hmm. could win a natty, bro. Right. So what's more important to you, getting starter minutes or winning a natty? Can I be Can I be TFL in this situation? Do it. I'm going to say, uh, Coach P, uh, I appreciate you. I love you, man. I, I wore the phone posits. My parents did too. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds great. But yeah, I'm a pro prospect, man, and like <laughs> I get that. Deja Williams is thirty. Yeah, no, it makes you know sense. what I mean. Like, yeah, or 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 does, or does he really? Because all these guys at one point thought they were going to go pro. I remember when uh, uh, Malcolm Dantridge was saying, "Well, no, nah, I might not be one and done, but you know, two or three years, I'm out of here." Yeah, these dudes all think Boogie Ellis, Lester Cunelnes, clowned Grant Williams about his shooting. His about, shooting. No, 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 he clowned Grant Williams about playing in the G League. About like, no, hey, that was Admiral Schofield. Yeah, Admiral Schofield. Then, yeah, you're right. Then he got yeah. on Grant Williams' ass about his broke jump shot. Right, and then and and, and we see the the path that Lester <laughs> Lester's on now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the all these guys think they're pros. All of them think they're pros. I think that it, at this point, uh, Leonard has a little bit more maturity where he can realize, hey, I've you know I've I've got I've got an opportunity to do this, but um, I just think this is easier said than done, man. You're talking about a guy who thinks he's a pro. No, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's tough. And I that's mean, that's a tall task that Penny's gonna have to figure out. Um we've been down this road many times before. Yeah. Uh with Penny dealing with personalities. Um I'm not gonna say there are I've seen people, fans, uh, you know, media guys who said, you know, either either, you know, mostly off the air who said, Man, I'd rather just not fool around with DeAndre at this point. You know, I think, you know, I think this team would be fine without him. You get him, yeah, sure. But, you know, you got guys who yeah. thought they were going to be this and now they're not going to be this. It's going to be interesting, man. I think I think Penny uh, is uh, uh, is built for it. Uh, this is something I'll talk with uh, with Jarvis Greer, who's going to be our exciting guest today, for the sit-down with Sane. I'll definitely talk to him about what Penny's doing, see if he thinks Penny's matured in these type of areas. I probably won't get into the, uh, the specifics of the Andrew Williams situation, but I'll talk to him about, uh, of course, the things that are going on with Penny Hardaway. Super excited to have one of the legends of Memphis sports media, Memphis sports journalism, Jarvis Greer, who will join us for Sit Down with Shane. Uh, but, yeah, man, I think it, anybody who's died at Penny Hardaway, shame on you because he has put a, a, a hell of a class together, man, uh, for sure, uh, assuming that he gets a guy like Javon Quinley who – you know, by the time this airs, he, he may, we may have news he's committed to Memphis. Who knows? But um, like I said, when we come back for Sit Down with Sane, Jarvis Greer, 
from Grind City Media is going to come in. Of course, legendary uh, sports media personality from WMC5 as well. You may know him from that. He'll be here on Sit Down with Sane, here on the Edge the Sane Show. We'll see you guys in a minute. Bluff City NIL is an official partner with Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or at Coaching for Literacy on social media platforms. Your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. Everyone, welcome back. Have a very special guest today. Very seldom do I bring someone on who leaves me awestruck, Kenny Stubberfield. Uh, <laughs> when I see this man at Grizzly Games, Tiger Basketball Games, whatever it is, I use to make a spectacle and bow down to him or hang my head until he gives me permission to look up. I usually do something like that, Kenny, to, to cause a scene, and he hates what I do it every I time. I don't blame you whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but this man goes without any introduction. He was a staple of my life from – High school, well, probably middle school up until now, watching him on WMC5. And now uh, also on Grizzbeat on uh, Grind City Media, uh, the, the competition down the street is, uh, is who, he, <laughs> who he does his show for, has a weekly show. He's had me on there a couple of times. Always an honor to talk about anything with this uh, man to my right, uh, Mr. Jarvis Greer. Jarvis, how are you doing today, sir? Feeling great, Sane. How about you? I'm man. glad to be here in the uh, beautiful, illustrious uh, Sane studio. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. Man, I, I'm fighting emotions, Kenny Stubberfield, <laughs> dealing with this man over here. I can tell you are. No, bit. seriously, yeah. man. Like, uh, when I first, the first time I, you know, I was a regular guest. I've been a regular guest on Jason and John's show for years, yes. outside of when I had my own show. Mm-hmm. And the first time I was giving you were good with Peter, man. We used to listen yeah, to you in yeah, the morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to my boy, Pierre, Peter Emerson. And um, the first time I was given the opportunity to guest host was Jason and John took a week off. Mm-hmm. So I I do the show, and I get a phone call, like, immediately. Like, as, as we go off the air, my phone's ringing. I didn't recognize the number, so I didn't answer it. Plus, I literally just got off the air. So I get in the car. This number leaves a voicemail. It's freaking Jarvis Greer, <laughs> who didn't have my number at the time, left me a voicemail talking about how important it was, how proud of me he was. How important it was to hear a black voice on the radio, man! I'm crying like a baby that stepped on a Lego. <laughs> oh, that's in the car. Tears, yeah, <laughs> man. Messed me up, but, but Jarvis, you've always been a mentor of mine, uh, someone I've always looked up to. You gave um, young kids like me at the time an example of of a black person on the television. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. working in the craft that I was interested in, and to see to see that, 
it's not like I grew up foreign thinking like, well, there's no such thing as black yeah. people who do what I like to do. Because I grew up watching you. You know, every Friday night, Friday football fever, or just during the week on Channel 5. Just great to have you here, man, for sure. You already know goes without being said. Uh, as I was saying, Jarvis. I'm humbled. I am humbled. <laughs> man, man, for sure. Uh, as I was saying, Jarvis, you are a true legend in Memphis sports journalism for so many reasons. Uh, the influence you've had on so many people. Um, just a great head. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> just a great humanitarian man. Um, when you had, when you stepped down finally after 43 years, I'm 43 yeah. years old. So oh, you you're were kidding. You you were on. <laughs> you were at WMC five uh, literally my entire life. April 30, 1979 is when I started. When were you born? And I was born November 3rd. My November 3rd. my entire oh, so life. Entire life. Wow, you I'm you were there. Um, you invited me to your um, uh, going away party, mm -hmm. which also was a humbling, amazing experience to be invited to that. Um, but with the reach and the influence that you have, so many people look at you as a legend. I know you don't like the word legend, but so many people look at you as a legend, as an inspiration, just a genuine great person altogether. What does that mean to you to be that influential over so many people in the city of Memphis? As you were saying, it's like, like if, well, first of all, I'm humbled, and mm -hmm. I thank you very much for uh, all your kind words, and the mm -hmm. check will be in the I'm surprised I ain't crying. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a real crybaby out here. <laughs> you just gotta make sure that that bad boy clears. So <laughs> yeah, I got you. But uh, no, uh, you know, I, when I started it, there's no, I was just doing what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wanted to have fun doing something. My mentor was the great Jack Eaton, mm -hmm. he's a great press box in the sky, and you know, and he just said, drive on my lad, you just be you. You know, and Jack was a character. And I, it was like going to work in a comedy store when I got the chance to work with him. When I started, like I was, my brain was already warped because I listened to Jack as a kid calling the Tiger games uh, growing up. And he's, oh, great Scott, this and that. And, right. and he would seem to have so much fun and he just draw the, you know, the listeners into mm -hmm. the radio. And then when I, you know, I, he covered me when I was at CBHS and mm -hmm. covered me when I played for the Tigers. And I got right. to go on a couple of road trips, several road trips. I got to sit with him on the plane and talk to him about, you know, wow, so how is this? And I think he was, yeah, I tell you anything and everything. And then finally, when I graduated and it was time to find a job, you know, I put in my, I applied at all the stations here mm -hmm. locally. And uh, and I got to go down to Channel 5 and um, Jackie said, yeah, yeah, come on in. You got to bring him on in. So right. boom, here I am. And it was it was like being in a comedy store every day working with Jack Eaton. It right. was just awesome. And it, it, like I said, we were talking off air before we started. He said, Jarvo, my lad, just be yourself. Right. You know? Just don't don't try to be anything that you're not. And just enjoy. If you're having fun what you're doing, then people will have fun as well. And that's amazing that you said that. Shout out to Jack Eaton, of course, because I've, I've heard other stories of minorities or whether it be women, men, black people mm -hmm. who have had those type of opportunities who weren't told to go be themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they they uh -huh. had to conform to something. Uh, yeah, and for you, to be able, for you to be able to go out there and do your thing like that, it's, it's an amazing story, amazing testimony. And I know for sure every, not just not just black people, but I, you're definitely, you definitely influence young black people who are trying to get into this industry. But um, everyone is influenced by you in the city of Memphis, man. And you definitely <laughs> deserve, you definitely deserve your, your flowers, man, for sure. So. It's so funny because, you know, I run into some people say, oh, my name is Jarvis. Well, the name is Jarvis, especially, and I'm with my wife. Right. And I said, no, I Wait a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have anything to do with that. Thank you. I'm glad to do yeah. but, you know. I appreciate but the it, respect, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's been, it, it really is humbling, and it is a mind-blowing experience mm -hmm. to think that, you know, people, you know, watch it. Well, you know, they see me between their toes at night when they're going to bed. Right. And uh, there I am. I'm on, you know, 6 and 10 every day. And uh, so it's after a while you get to be, like, part of the family. Right. You know, and that's the way we always wanted to treat it. That, you know, hey, look, I'm just like anybody else out there. I'm not any better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I have an opinion, and I'll speak it every now and then. But, like, 
not any better than anybody else's. And, you know, I have to think it's informed opinion, but, you know, hey, we can talk about it and we can have fun with it. And that's what right. the, and, you know, when we come on at the end of the newscast, you know, sports should be fun. Sports should be having a good time because, you know, right. all the rest of that gloom and doom stuff, you know, that's, that's for the news people to handle. I'm not right. about that. I want to, you know, we're talking touchdowns. We're talking jams. We're talking, you know, three-pointers. We're, we're having fun with right. it. Right, and you definitely brought that energy, man. Like, I remember, like, I would stay up and it was like Peanuts talk. It was like Charlie Brown talk. The regular news was on. But I was staying up. Right, but I would stay up to wait and see you come on and you just brought a totally different energy and you made the sports part you know, that much more amazing. You mentioned that you played uh, football at the University of Memphis. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to date you a little bit, okay. Jarvis. There's a there's a minor league football league in the, in the city of Memphis. Oh, yeah. The USFL. Correct, yes. Uh, that, that, that I'm was, an ambassador for the USFL right. Memphis Showboats, by the way. And you, you were uh, – One of my several gigs in retirement. <laughs> right. Must, must be nice for sure. You were you we, we were witnessing the resurgence of the USFL to return. Right. Uh-huh. You were around for the very first. Oh yeah, 8485. <laughs> sure was. You yeah. were you matter of fact, you had kind of cut your teeth a little bit as a sports reporter by that time. Uh, yeah, we did a one thing we called Showtimes for the Showboats when they first got started here. Mm-hmm. It was a way to give people a chance to get like inside the showboats. Right. You know, see what the, the inner workings of this new thing was here. Right. Pepper Rogers was the coach. Then. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Great dude, man. I'll tell you what. He was fantastic. He would let us, gave us access to everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was showtime for the show. But I had just, like, I'd been two years out of playing at Memphis. Well, now a little bit longer than that. 80, 45, and my last year to play was 78. But I was still in shape a little bit. You could have so got out like, there probably, wouldn't you? So I did. Oh, okay. Uh, that's what I did. I suited up with them the mm-hmm. first week of training camp and went around and, uh, you know, showed people what it was like in the equipment, getting all your stuff, and then going through the mm-hmm. meetings and then actually getting out there and hitting on the field, which they let me do a couple of times, run a few, a couple of defenses, and uh, they uh, – they actually liked me, which was, you know, that was fine. <laughs> I still had it a little bit, yeah. but there was no way that I was going to be able to play professional. I knew my little body wasn't going to be able to take the pounding of, you know, being a professional athlete. And, you know, then they, they had a good idea who they wanted and mm-hmm. who was going to play. And and then I was kind of a sideshow, but they didn't treat me like that. They let me go in and do some stuff. I had no me. clue of it. So you, you were like full-time – Sports anchor at, at WMC five, and you had the opportunity. Well, I was to play. doing the weekends then. Okay, and uh, I but was still, an anchor, yeah. and then that you know we did that for a full week. Wow, and we put it together for a ratings period, and yeah. it actually worked pretty. Man, good. that's dope. That's a dope story. Yeah, but shout out to Pepper Rogers, and uh, and you know he's of course he's also gone to that great press box. But man, mm-hmm. and that whole organization, Billy Donovan was the owner. Uh, Steve Earhart was the general manager, mm-hmm. and you know he's the one you know largest responsible for getting Walter Lewis, Reggie. You know, Reggie White and all mm-hmm. those dudes in here to come and play. And it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome right. experience. Um, I, I Also, everyone, of course, knows you as being one of the voices of Tiger football. Yes. And this to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I still remember um, listening to a broadcast. Jarvis, you said the funniest thing. I'm about to start <laughs> crying, laughing, thinking about it. I think it was, what's the kid's name that um, he just left, the super fast receiver? Oh, uh, Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin, yeah. With the Steelers now. I want to say he scored a touchdown. It might not have been him. But some kid scored a touchdown, and he was like, uh, he could have ran all the way to the Dodgers oh, chicken yeah, on the yeah. Elvis Presley. Yeah, he could have run the Dodgers <laughs> store and got him a Dodger dog. Got right. Down there but I think, yeah, I think he went to – I think he made – it wasn't Calvin Austin because the kid did well, it. That, that would have been Tony Pollard. Because he went to Whitehaven or yeah, something like that, right? Well, yeah, Tony Pollard has – his family has a store down there. Oh, okay. Pollard's Barbecue. Okay, I got you. All right, because uh, I was like, man, that was wild. And Tony Pollard's also doing very well in the NFL. Oh, yeah, right for sure. Now. For sure. We yeah. got a lot of pros came out of Tigers. Here. I got to keep with the blue and gray. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of the blue and gray, uh, Penny Hardaway is putting a pretty 
pretty good class together, if I don't yeah. say. We were talking about that in the first segment, uh, about the whole situation he's got with the guys he's bringing in. Um, tons of talent. What do you think about Penny as a coach, the way he's developing? Not only as he's always going to be the recruiter, mm -hmm. because I heard someone else talking about this. If Penny Hardaway calls – if only your parents want to talk to Penny Hardaway, he's <laughs> yeah. going to get, you know, he's, he's going to get, get on the phone. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh -huh. So not, not just as a recruiter. What do you think about Penny's job as recruiting, of course, and also developing as a coach? We've seen him mature with the way he handles things, the uh, way he handles chemistry, politics of the game, all those type of things. What do you think about Penny as he's Well, you, you know, know, he came in as a rookie now. college head coach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's no experience on the college level. Right. Plenty of experience in, you know, AAU and uh, travel ball and, of course, coach at East. Mm -hmm. And he came up, I mean, you talk about grinding, and he came up as middle school mm -hmm. with his buddy Dez, who, you know, unfortunately died of cancer. He came in to help his mm -hmm. his buddy Dez out at middle school, right. and uh, they went on to win the city championship. I think they won the state. That group went on to East, and, uh, you know, you know how good they were. Right. You know, got him a couple of titles at East, and he was the head coach, and so, you know, the natural progression, if he wanted to stay in it, Penny, don't have, Penny can burn money and still yeah. have money. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally. And, uh, but, you know, he had gotten into it because he just did the first thing as a favor to his friend, but the bug got into him. I'm, I'm coaching now, and mm -hmm. I can do this. And it's something – it's a challenge to him to, to do something his post-playing days. Unfortunately, you know, he had the foot problem, or he would have been a, a Hall of Famer for sure uh, in, the, in the NBA. And uh, he had uh, – can, there's only so much golf, I guess, you can play, and he right. wanted to keep his hand in it. And so when the when it came open that uh, Memphis was going to be looking for a coach, he said, "Why not go back to his alma mater?" And yeah. I would say he'd been he has been one of the the most successful former Tiger or any college coach going back to their oh, yeah, alma sure. mater to play. If you really think about it, yeah, he definitely has been. So and you one one quick thing you mm -hmm. talk about his recruiting, you know, like oh my god, you know, back in April people think, geez, you know, yeah. where are we going? Right. We don't have anybody. Who are these Everybody's dudes? Yeah. they're all checking out. <laughs> right. It's like, well, no, Penny's still on the phone and he's still doing what he does. And out of he, sight, out of mind. Yeah, he's just he making something happen. Yep. Like you say, if the kids don't know him, the parents do. Yeah. <laughs> and all they gotta do is hey, look, look at check his YouTube page out. Exactly. You'll see what Penny Hardaway was exactly. as a player. And you can see what he's been doing is because they've been getting steadily. He is learning as the teams are learning. Because, mm -hmm. you know, being a being a rookie head coach, he had some growing pains himself. Fortunately, it's his alma mater. They, they'll let him grow. Mm -hmm. But he's been way more successful as they've been going on, you know, and he's brought in, what, two number one recruiting classes. Yeah. The team last year said, well, all these guys, you know, these all these transfers coming in, he's the perfect coach for this because he knows about free agency from the NBA. Yeah. Yep. He knows how to handle that. He knows how to work it. He knows mm -hmm. how to, you know, get these guys and the, you know, and the to navigate NIL and all the transfer right. portal. It's just it's just free agency. It's like minor. It's like minor leagues now. So yeah, it's like, so That's he exactly. Can, yeah, he can definitely navigate. And, that. and it's good for the players, mm -hmm. which you know, I don't, maybe there there could be a couple of rules they could uh, <clears throat> tighten up on, like when you can enter the portal. Mm -hmm. So you know, you, you think you got a roster? No, no, you don't. But that's helped Penny here at the end because they were able to pick up this uh, the big kid out of Louisiana, right? Uh, Jordan Brown. It looks like he's going to be really good. They could be really, really good. And, yeah. You know, say, oh, they got a first round exit. Well, look who they lost to. They lost to a team in Florida Atlantic that was like that Derrick Rose team. Right. Oh, they're they're coming out of Conference USA. And everybody poo pooed them. Mm -hmm. That were grown ass men yeah, out there. And they, they were, were good. playing for them. Right. And, and they went to the final. Final Four and lost in the semifinals on a last second shot. Right. So they could have been in the title game. Exactly. So it's not like uh, they lost a chopped liver. And that was a really good game. And, you know, just sometimes that's the way it goes. It's called scar tissue. Yeah. They're, you know, they're 
They're, 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 it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's got, you know, another group of guys that I think their average age is going to be around 24 and a half or something yeah. like that. He's got a, he's got a team that's, uh, yeah. If, if he were to take an NBA job, he probably would have an older roster yeah. than some of the jobs. Like, if he, if he got the Orlando Magic job, yeah. this, his college team might be a little older a little, than the Magic. A little bit older than right. that. That's <laughs> right. right. You know, they, at one point, they were older than the Grizzlies. Right. <laughs> uh, they had all those young guys. Yeah. He, he's, he's playing it the way you got to play it. Yeah. That's tough for high school kids coming up because there's not as many opportunities. Everybody's playing that game. You, they know that experience wins. Mm-hmm. And unless you got, you know, you'll have two or three, you know, top, five top ten guys, the rest of them better have experience or you're not winning. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. You talked about uh, Penny Hardaway, who, of course, is the king of Memphis basketball. Mm-hmm. Another king in the making, so to speak, who's kind of gotten off of that path of, of being that potential guy who could take that throne from Penny Hardaway one, one day is uh, Ja Morant, of course. Ja. We know about the mm-hmm. situation he's going through. That he's you know put himself in. I'm not trying to make him a victim. I'm trying to get me some of them jaw ones, right? Oh now. yeah, man, they're hard to find, man. You better yeah. get them from China or something, DH Gate or something. Uh, get some bootleg joints. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but um, what do you think about the the situation Jaw's going through? I know you're a very positive person who can pull you know shine light in anything, any dark situation. What do you think? Are, do you think that Jaw can make this a true redemption story and get out of this and come back out looking like a guy who, like I said could look like the guy who could be the face of Memphis basketball for forever, you know what Well, I mean? he's in the perfect place for it mm-hmm. because if you look, you know, say Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, if you want to go back mm-hmm. to that and say he married his cousin, <laughs> he still came back and became, you know, one of the biggest rock and roll stars ever. Right. You know, and there's other examples that you can go through in you know, Memphis history of mm-hmm. people who have fallen down and gotten back up. Right. I don't see this as job falling down that far. Mm-hmm. You know, for his offense, you know, like waving a gun around on mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram Live. Right. The culture now is a gun culture, and with all the politicians that are doing everything they did, and now with open carry, shoot, anybody can have a gun. You don't need a registration. You mm-hmm. can do whatever you do. And then Instagram Live. Just think, if you were me when we were growing up, me. You know, I'm older than you, but even you growing up, mm-hmm. if there had been Instagram Live, oh you, man, you know, just been. think how many. Things that we could have been doing. Oh man, who you that would put us in a bad light? You know what I mean? So I don't think that it's, um, I don't think that it's that difficult a thing. And once he starts yamming on people, people don't forget about the rest of it. As long Mm. as he, you know, puts the gun in the holster and keeps it, you know, out of out of public light. But it's the thing is about Ja is, you know, what six years he's been in the league five years now. Think so, yeah. So six years, seven years ago, he was a no star recruit coming out of uh, literally no star. Literally no star. Nobody mm-hmm. really knew anything about him. Goes to Murray State. First year he was had a decent first year, but nothing mm-hmm. you know too spectacular. Second year, uh, average he, like play college basketball yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Second year he blows up all of a sudden. Gets to you know all of a sudden his YouTube is everywhere. But cause of social media, which is so ironic about yes, it. the thing that we're demonizing him about is the, is the reason why he's in the NBA. Yeah, right. he blows up and then he gets in an NCAA tournament. They beat mm-hmm. Marquette and he's like doing all jaw kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so boom, mm-hmm. he becomes the number two pick in the draft. Becomes the NBA Rookie of the Year, um, NBA All-Star, signs a big contract. All this in a very short space and all very public. Mm-hmm. Very, very public. So it's like I just tell people, look, don't don't be judging on people, you know, because we've seen people, Justin Bieber, you right. know, that get in front of the camera. Their lives are in front of the camera. You see them grow up, and if they make a mistake – it's a fall from grace. Well, they just—they're a kid making a mistake, right? And then you know the people around them. You know, it's like dad and mom were doing all right, but they didn't have this 140 million bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden 
dropped onto them, which is they've worked for it. But now here it is, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to live a little. Right. You know, I can't, I'm not going to say anything bad about that. It's just that, you know, one thing somebody told me is John needs to get, I know he's got his buddies around him mm -hmm. and they're they going to be thick and thin, ride or die. Okay, that's one thing. But, you know, you you need to get some rich people around you that have been there. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've been there and they've seen this. That's a good point, this. man. No, I don't think anybody said that. Yeah, he's got to get some people that he's not, where he's not, well, he may still be the richest man in the room, yeah, but he's uh, not. The other people in the room aren't living off of him. No, yeah. they, no, they ain't living off of him. And, <laughs> right. they, and they've seen this and done that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And they can tell, hey, you know, take it home. Go home. and Or, you know, just, you don't Put the phone it. down. Yeah, just put, put the, the gun down, down. John. The That's gun. so funny because, you know, we went to, we went to uh, um, Las Vegas mm -hmm. and uh, once my sister lived out there. And uh, we land at the airport and we see, oh, Silk Sonic you know, opening their, uh, right. you know, they were in residence out there. Mm -hmm. They're opening shows. I like, well, my mom lives out there, so we're going to say, God rest both of them. They passed this past summer. Oh, man. But this was the last thing we all did together. Mm -hmm. We went to the Silk Sonic show. We, we spent out the wazoo for tickets, but I mean, hey, you know, we're, right. we're out here, may as well. You ain't messed up about it, John. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the first thing they did when we get there, they take your phone, they put it in a Ziploc mm -hmm. thing. I've seen it, lock it, it up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Lock it away. So what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Right, what happened literally. in there stayed in there. It was the best time, the best time we had with family. You know what I right. mean? And then we get the phone back. That I mean, that's what Jaws gonna probably gonna have to do. Yeah, carry a little, little ziplock thing with yeah. a lock on uh, it. You running with me? You ain't going none of this. And a Put lot your of phones it, up like you're you know, a Dave Chappelle concert. A lot of guys concert. do that. Uh huh. You know? A lot. I'm, this is no secret. A lot of players in NBA, NFL, they carry guns. Right. Because they gotta, they want to protect the people coming up to them all the time. Mm -hmm. But they just don't show it, you right. know, and uh, or they're plaxico burrows and they dig them near shoot their leg right. off. You remember that situation mm -hmm. in the club? But uh, you know, it's just it's it's all part of growing up, and we're watching somebody grow up in front of. Oh us. yeah, for sure, yeah for sure, man. Um, we talked about John, his leadership or lack thereof, things like that. Do you think it's important? Because the Grizzlies just got Marcus Smart. You know oh I mean? yeah. So do you think it's important to have a guy like that? Do you think the Grizzlies should kind of try to set him up to be? That's kind of hard to say to ask him to be the leader because he just got here. That's gonna be that's gonna have to have right. happen organically. Yeah. That's gonna just have to as they go along and mm -hmm. they you know the camps get where they are and the they, people start to know each other. That's just gonna mm -hmm. that's gonna you can't force that. Right. You can't. Okay, he's the captain and he's gonna no. Mm -hmm. That's gonna have to just gradually come in. But I think Marcus Smart is uh, the kind of person though that. He don't take no stuff. No. Nah. And, uh, you know, he got into it, I think, was it last year or year before? He gets into it with locker everybody. room with Jalen Brown and <laughs> yeah. uh, Jason Taylor. Because mm -hmm. they was, thought they were slacking off. But yeah. this is, you know, you can't have that. You right. know, And these guys going to marshal things on the court and off the court. Mm -hmm. Look, if we want to win, this dude's made deep runs. He's been to how many Eastern Conference finals? Uh, at least four. Been in, the, mm -hmm. been in the finals, you know. Right. And uh, made deep playoff runs just about every year he's been in the league. So this is a guy you're gonna to have to pay attention to. Yeah, and it's really something. The similarity between him and Tony Allen. Oh, it's crazy. It's just like you know, Hype, both, went to, both went to Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. Both came to Memphis from the Celtics. Uh, both at 29 years old. Right. And uh, you know, similar size. Tony was a little bigger, but uh, you know, Marcus Smart is very strong. Got a good long uh, wingspan, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a guy that. Uh, that I think that anybody would look up to because he's been there, done that. Right. And with him probably being that temporary or that stopgap leader for this team next year, 
who do you think should really take the reign? Do you think John's eventually going to get to the point where he's that guy? Because typically you want your best player to be your leader. Be, be that dude. Well, I think, you know, when John was that dude there for a while until mm -hmm. he got off on this tangent, yeah. this off-the-court stuff. That right. was a bad summer last year for right. John. Yeah. No it's doubt. It's a tough one. But, uh, you know, up, up until then, everybody looked at John. He's still a good teammate on right. the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think they had one meeting. Stephen Adams, you know, was very uh, vocal, vocal about uh, them having – look, we got to tighten up ship, mm -hmm. you know, because they were starting to lose games on the road. And it's like everybody on that team is 23, 24 years old. They're young men out, you know, yeah. wanting to enjoy life. I'm so happy that you can. But, you know, you got to keep in mind that you got a goal in mind and you can save some of that stuff for off season. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, you know, it's going to take somebody within the organization to do that. And I think Ja eventually he's seen that, you know, it's like Penny. We were talking about Penny earlier. Penny was a Prop 48. Remember the old Prop 48? If you didn't get your yeah. grades, you couldn't, couldn't play, you couldn't play mm -hmm. your first year. And uh, Penny had <clears throat> basketball taken away from him because he couldn't play. And that gave him – that did something to him. He mm -hmm. said, never will I ever. And he ended up being a Dean's List student. Penny's mm -hmm. a smart dude. Oh, yeah. You know that. Just yeah. talking to him. But he, you know, he at, at Treadwell, he would slough off and get by on his smile. And, oh, that's right. Penny. He's such a good guy and all that stuff. Right. And he didn't do his classwork. And one teacher just said, no, Penny, I cannot do it. I can't let you go. And uh, But he didn't curse her out or he didn't didn't say anything bad about that. He said, you know, she did what she was supposed to do. Yep, and he did what he had to do. And he did what he had to do mm -hmm. to get back eligible. And then, boom, you know, he walked, got his degree. Got his contract, right? You know, and and is and is doing doing very very well. So that's one thing I think. Ja will get back to the point where okay, basketball is he loves doing. I mean, you can see he's got great joy while he's out there playing. Yeah, and it's going to be taken from him from something that he did and that he has been responsible for. You know, and like to say words are cheap and all that stuff. He knows what he did, and he mm -hmm. and anybody can slip up. You know, they weren't. You know. That last incident in the car, parked car somewhere, and they would jam into whatever was right. on the box, and uh, whatever happened happened. But uh, you know, he you can't slip up now. Yeah, he, you know, he's definitely got to keep it tight at yeah. this point for sure. We're here with uh, Jarvis Greer, host of Grisby, which you can watch on Grand City Media. Also, you also, of course, know him as being the former sports director at WMC Channel Five. Final question for you, Jarvis. Again, thank you for coming on today. Final question for you. You've recently transitioned from WMC5 to more digital media, doing mm -hmm. things like we do here at Bluff City Media as opposed to the daily grind of television. What is what has that transition been like for you? And also, what do you feel about how, like, at one time you had to go through a certain path to get here. You would have to go to school, intern, oh, yeah. do all these type of things. Now you can go spend a couple hundred bucks and get equipment and do a podcast from your house. And technically you're as much media as, as guys like yourself who came through television. Mm -hmm. What is what has that transition been like for you? And what do you think about how the wave of technology have kind of even oh, the wow. playing field? Well, you know, it's it's good and bad because mm -hmm. anybody could get a Literally camera anybody. and do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> anybody can get a camera and, and do this, but can't right. everybody not everybody's good at it, nor right. should they even attempt it because, you know, you can tell the ones that have something or have worked for it as opposed to somebody that has got one idea and one note right. person. You can't because you won't last. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you can see, the podcasts jump up and fall oh, down man. all over the place. And uh, and But like the way you came, you grinded, you know, mm -hmm. you came up through it hard and, you know, you, you did radio, you guest hosted, you've done all kind of things. And it's... Uh, I cannot say anything like me. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing a podcast because, mm -hmm. like I said, I did 43 years 
you know, nights and weekends. And I'm, you know, I, I like my little gigs that I do now, do mm-hmm. with the Grizz and with the showboats. I'm at, right. at local ambassador for USFL. And, uh, you know, and I enjoy that. And it's on my own terms. And when I'm done, I'm done. And uh, me and my wife can go out to dinner. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, we were just talking the other day. Like, we went to a movie uh, in the middle of the week at night. And hey, when was the last have, time you did that, man? I can't even remember oh, man. without being on vacation. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have to take vacation. And now if I go on vacation, I go on vacation. I don't have to tell them. I don't have to ask anybody. Yeah. I just go. I'm out. Or I just say, look, I'm gone this week. And that's it. Yeah. You know. Well, you deserve it, man. For and sure. it's like retirement is wonderful. <laughs> Two thumbs up. I'm, I'm totally enjoying it. Oh, you know, man. My, you deserve it. My wife it. retired before I did. She was mm-hmm. out a year before me. She was at Alsac, St. Jude, for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she way above my pay grade, man. She's got, she's on like several, five boards, and she does consulting and all this stuff. But it's on her time yeah. when she wants to do it. And she'd be yeah, looking man. up at me like, "When are you gonna, you know, we, we can go walk around the block and we can, you know, bike ride and do some of the things. We can travel right. when we want to travel, see the grandkids." And it's just like, oh man. So this awesome. has been awesome. Awesome, awesome. It's I bet it has definitely. Man. Awesome. But Jarvis, I appreciate you coming on, man. Again, you the man for sure. No, I'm trying I to be, man. You. If you say it, I'm gonna take it, man. If you there say you I'm go. the man. I don't care what y'all say. If Jarvis Grill say I'm the man, I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, we're about to take a break, man. When we come back, we're gonna do the three pointer here on the Anthony Sane Show. We will see y'all in a minute. Bluff City NIL is an official partner with Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or at Coaching for Literacy on social media platforms. Your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. everyone welcome back to the anthony sane show about to do a segment we like to call the three-pointer talk about three things in the world of sports that are intriguing something to talk about of course nba free agency is amongst us uh we talked earlier in the first segment about how uh there's no point of even talking about tampering because these <laughs> these agents on, are just talking man. they're talking to the media they're talking to each other these deals are already done there's gonna be a mad uh, uh regurgitation <laughs> happening around 5 p.m central time uh, today on Friday, a uh, uh, free agent news and some of the news that we'll talk about in the three pointer today. Um, uh, before we start talking about that, the jaw deposition update is 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 this is day two of deposition news that we'll talk about here on the Anthony Sane show. And I'll just make some quick points on that. We're going to make this a pretty rapid fire uh, uh, three pointer today. 
Number one, I talked about uh, my assumptions of, of how the how the event played out when 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 D Tap uh, had his deposition the other day, and I said this kid. I said I can picture T Morant on the barbecue grill, and it was in there, bro. That was so funny, man. <laughs> that shit actually happened. It was happening. It was happening. Like man. that seems like a live ass time, man. Man, that just sound like a vibe. <laughs> John Morant was there. Mike Miller. Hey, Trey Draper was there. Trey Draper, Memphis's finest uh, high school players were there. The music was playing. Uh, you know, it was, you know, was, it was, man, a, vibe, it was man. a vibe. Man, man, I wish I was in there, joint. <laughs> I would not have been on the basketball court because it, it was a real, real deal stuff going on out there for sure. Um, this is what two things I took from this. I saw that Leslie Ballin is the attorney for uh, the Holloway family. And there are people, oh, man, oh, Jaws going to get it now. Oh, come on, man. Reminding you guys, this is a civil case. Jaws not going to jail. This is a matter of probably money. It's, it's probably all this is. And this could probably be over if Jaws was just It could be over tomorrow. And I think Jaws being kind of, uh, I don't want to say petty, but he might feel a way, man. Like, he, he he clearly feels a way about all this. Like, he's not he's not wanting to give in to whatever, you know, the, the, the requests are, demands are right. from this family. And I'll say this, man, the more that this goes on, the more it looks like, more this is feeling smaller and smaller. The more it feels like complete bullshit, and this is probably going to be nothing by the time it's over with, just being, just being honest. All you have looks. to do is read T. Morant's deposition oh, and T go, this is nothing. Yeah, this is literally nothing, man. This is literally nothing. Uh, T. Morant said that, and I just pictured this too. I, uh, I, 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 pictured, I pictured how this whole thing went down. T. Morant, of course, um, was a you know college basketball player. Uh, Josh Holloway, his dad played ball as well. His, he T called Josh's dad. I'm sure they've had several conversations before. Right. Broke down what happened. He said that he felt like things were cool, and that Holloway's dad even said, "Yeah, man, this happens. Yeah, this happens. It's basketball. OG, you know, we've been through this. You know what I mean? Like, said, let's get these two guys together. So they let's can squash, squash this it. out. Let's repair the relationship. It. Yeah, man. These guys had a relationship before this. Let's let's not let this destroy these guys' relationship." But oh, uh, <laughs> T, T talked to the kid's mom. It went in a totally different direction. Yeah, man, we see, we know, we've seen this story before. We know how it went down. Really unfortunate situation, man. Because I'll say something I don't think a lot of people are even talking about on this. If there was a relationship beforehand, you're talking about a situation where biggest basketball player in the city of Memphis is playing in your hometown. I'm talking. I'm putting myself in Josh Holloway's shoes. You looked up to this man. You idolized him. I'm sure he came to your games. I'm sure you guys were on the phone, FaceTiming, texting, all these type of things. When that person, when your hero lets you down like that, you have this type of altercation. Yeah, man. I'm sure it hurt the kid. I'm sure he was heartbroken. 100%. And I'm sure that, but I hate that that relationship is not what it was. Because you could have seen a situation where you've got a kid like Joshua Holloway who could be wearing Jawans. Right. At next year's in college when he go he played for uh uh Oak Hill this year. Right. He could have been in, in college wearing a jaw one. I an idea I've thrown out before. I would love to see um just this may sound corny, but like Jaw's backyard boys who are like guys that Jaw identifies as kids who got it in the mud. They're wearing Jaw ones. They got some type of you know NIL deal with Nike. Hundred percent. Where you got these kids that are handpicked by Jaw who are wearing Jaw ones. Call them the backyard. You know Jaw. Not because of that incident, but because, you know, this is what Ja did anyway. He played pickup ball, you know, in his neighborhood at his house uh, with the kids in the neighborhood. Ja's backyard boys could be some type of um, NIL deal. And I just hate how this thing has went on because this probably could have been something great and it's not there anymore. So that was number one. Number two, 
Uh, Dylan Brooks is reportedly headed to the Houston Rockets uh, with full contract details by, so, by Mark Stein, which is so wild. We so talked wild. about that already. Uh, Dylan getting about $15, $16 million per year. Uh, feels a little – I don't know if you want to say he's being petty or he just had a dose of reality, probably a bit of the two. I think the Grizzlies offer, uh, offered him something like that as, as an extension uh, last summer. Dylan didn't take that. And boy, am I glad that he did. <laughs> just be honest with you, man. I don't want to shit on Dylan Brooks as he goes out of the door, but I am glad that we're moving on from Dylan Brooks' era. Something that I don't think anyone else is talking about this either as well with the Houston thing. Yeah, it could be a good situation for Dylan Brooks because he's in a team where his his uh, intangibles are valued, his culture that he brought from the Grizzlies, going to Houston being just a tough, hard-nosed guy, can definitely play out. But poor Ami Udoka, who's got the challenge of molding this young, wild, buck-wild, undisciplined, immature Houston team, as well as dealing with Dylan Brooks, who's 26, 27, and on the same type of shit that these guys are on. You know what I mean? That's that's the part that makes it a difficult thing to think about uh, for Ami Udoka. One of the guys he's going to have to mature is his vet. Is going to be one of the older players on the team. And Dylan Brooks, who you know doesn't think he's going to be just if, – if you think, you know, it was hard to get him to defer to guys like John Morant, imagine thinking he's going to fall back for Jalen Green. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But shout out to Dylan. Uh, and woe to everyone who was saying this stupid stuff about Dylan going overseas and out of the league and all those type of things. There's no way he wasn't going to get a deal. Right. Um, he was shooting for $20, 25000000 million. Reportedly, he's going to get about 15 16 Hey, you're still a, you know, a big-time millionaire with a very nice deal. I'll take $15 yeah, mil right now. Yeah, for sure. So shout-out to him. And finally, um, three other uh, uh, stories of note uh, that happens you know, since we started recording. Uh, Kyrie Irving meeting with the Suns. Ky- I am so happy that Kyrie Irving is is playing in everyone's face right now. Like he's he's going to make free agency probably as funny as possible with some of the things, some of the stories you're going to hear. I, I would not be surprised if Kyrie Irving stretches this out until the final moment before he decides what he. I think he's already decided what he's going to do, but I think he's going to play with everybody this entire time and just troll the world during free agency. I think he knows he's probably going back to Dallas. Because I don't think he's going to go anywhere that can actually if, – if there was a player that I think would sign for the league minimum, it would be Kyrie Irving just to troll everyone. But I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to go where he, where he can get paid. There are not many contending teams that have money. I don't even think he's going to go to the mid, for the mid-level exception somewhere for a contending team. I think he's going to stay in Dallas, get his, pay, get his paycheck. You know this better than me. Mm-hmm. Can a guy who's made that much money and been in the league that long? I do not know better than you. Can he, I wondered the same could thing. Could he actually take a vet minimum? But you know, the vet minimum is not the same. It's not his his vet minimum will be the same as John Conchar's. You know right. what I mean? So it's it's a different figure, I believe. But um, man, that would be wild if he did that. I don't think that's going to happen. He would pretty much have to do that if he goes to Phoenix. I think I don't even think they're eligible for. Uh, I don't even think they have the full mid level exception. At their disposal, I might be wrong, dude. They worked out Jabari Parker today, man. The <laughs> Suns worked out Jabari. It shows Parker. you what kind of time they on. For this sure. is this is who they're working out to try to see if they can fill their yeah. roster out. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think they, as a as a scouting reference, I think they cut on NBA Two K Seventeen. I think this is what they did. That's exactly what they've done <laughs> for sure. Um, that's definitely interesting. Of course, Kyrie Irving, also James Harden. Looks like he's going to be on the move. He opted into his contract with an understanding that uh, uh, Philadelphia would try to move him. Teams like the Clippers and the Knicks have been connected to James Harden. $36 million contract for him. 
It's going to be interesting to see how that works out, man. It seems like James Harden is just going to land. What a wild. Yeah, man. <laughs> what a wild career for that yeah. guy, man. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. We'll see how that works out. Wouldn't mind seeing him in New York, though, man. I think that would be, you know, pretty cool to see him there. I don't want to see him with the Clippers at all, just to be honest with you. Keep him out east, uh, for let sure. Him, let him and Jalen Brunson play together. Yeah, for sure. Let them cook out there. Uh, finally, uh, there are reports from, I forgot the brother's name, meant to write it down. Uh, one of the writers for The Athletic says that Eric Gordon uh, to Memphis could be a possibility. <laughs> Memphis is one of the teams listed with Eric Gordon. It seems like we've been hearing is this weird. 2018? I know, man. Like, 2013. 2013. No, 16. Like, we, we've – ever since 2016, we've heard Eric Gordon connected to Memphis every offseason. Every offseason. It has never made sense, really. Uh, I was listening to Chris Harrington. Uh, I've been killing the whole thing, but uh, Chris Harrington made a kind of made a valid point. He said, with that last roster spot you have, Eric Gordon could be a guy who could maximize how good you are while Jaws gone. It could be a valuable piece that you can move at the deadline. He's a guy who could come in, help out with the ball handling, help out with the shooting. You know, if you had to start him, you could. Um, and he's a guy that you at the at the deadline you can move him for something. I, I was like, yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that at all. So I, I could kind of see that, but I'm totally against. If anything, I think the Grizzlies need to need to if they're going to sign anyone, need to uh, sign someone that's a a four three, someone that could start a little bit, that could you know come in to you know for for Marcus Smart if he's playing on the wing, a guy who can you know be a backup wing on your team, a three four four three type of player. That's my personal preference, but yeah, we'll see. Eric Gordon in Memphis, we'll see. Also, if you're wondering why I'm wearing what I'm wearing, shout out to the good people with the Memphis Redbirds. Uh, send us a nice little care package waiting on us when we got here, Kenny. Um, I'm wearing the uh, jersey situation that they are giving away on July the 1st. This Saturday they're giving this jersey away. Uh, the Redbirds take on Nashville at 630. The first 1,500 fans will get one of these. Also send us some um, – This I think this is all part of their July – Yeah. For the July, you know, celebration. Right. Got these – Refrigerator magnets. Refrigerator magnets. I keep these joints at the house. They got the super freaky, sexy <laughs> 25 years of Redbirds uh, Hawaiian shirt. I'll just tell you this, man. I don't ever want to be around saying when he's wearing that shirt because no. that means some super, oh, yeah. super some, freaky stuff. Somebody getting pregnant that night for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he also sent us a Tommy Edmund bobblehead. I don't know if it's over my head or not. We already right put over it up. Your right shoulder. Is it really? Yep. Right shoulder. Right shoulder. Right over there uh, by the grit and grind. Look up. Yeah. Oh, sure is. Right there. Right there. Right. Hold on. Tommy Edmonds, the bobblehead diving. There you go. Look Somewhere. At him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can't. But yeah. Yo, go pick those up this weekend. They got giveaways every game. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'll just give a quick recap. Friday, June 30th, Nash Memphis versus Nashville, 7 o'clock. That's the bobblehead giveaway for the first 1,500 fans. Saturday, the powder blue jersey that you see. Also a fireworks show. 6.30, Memphis versus – all the games in Memphis versus Nashville. 6.30, first 1,500 fans. Sunday, uh, 6.30 p.m., Hawaiian shirt giveaway, first 1,500. And July the 3rd, fireworks show, all-you-can-eat barbecue, and that. Yeah, that's it. I don't see these on there at all. That might be Monday. I don't know. But make sure y'all go check it out. Shout out to the Shout Red out Birds. to Memphis Birds, man. We're about to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up with Inside the Same Brain. When we come back on Anthony Sane Show.
Bluff City NIL is an official partner with Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or at Coaching for Literacy on social media platforms. Your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of the show. Shout out to our special, special, special guest today, Mr. Jarvis Greer, one of the great legends in Memphis Sport Media, one of my personal heroes, man, who inspired me to do this. Uh, like I said, he said I'm the man, so I'm him. I don't really care what y'all have to say. I ain't nobody said nothing else, man. Yeah, I don't care what y'all got to say in the comments. Shout out to the guy. I'm going to pull a real job rant. Some guy was like, uh, it, it's always been a mystery how Anthony Sane and John Martin keep a job in broadcasting. <laughs> Who said that? So, dude, in the comments for the last show, I said, "Yeah, you're right, brother. Tell him about it. Tell, Tell him about it, brother. Tell him about it." But hey, thank yeah, you. thank you for the watch. Appreciate man. you, man. Appreciate, Appreciate the, the views. views, man. Share it next time, man. Share it on your Facebook and ask your friends uh, how I'm able to. Stay. Why does he keep a job? Thanks for the share, baby. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, inside the same brain. Uh, I'm going to talk about something that I uh, was talking about on Facebook, and I'm going to bring it here to the show. As you know, Kenny, the BET Awards, uh, where uh, this past weekend, this Monday, something like that, I don't watch them. I've never really been the worst show guy. Um, but uh, a lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people in my age group were talking about it. And the thing they were talking about a lot was that today's music is trash. And this stuff is garbage. And, you know, how to get this stuff off television. And today's artists are horrible, all these type of things. And I'm here to uh, make a announcement to the people in my age group. Um... Hip-hop culture, well, let me say this. First of all, whether the music is bad or not is relative to the listener. And also, we're just old as shit, Kenny. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't really know anyone to say it. Like, we've outgrown hip-hop culture. Hip-hop culture has always been dependent on the, the youth, the young people. It's always been a music of rebellion. It's always been a music of expression for a particular age group. We can't we can't grow old and bring hip hop with us. Sure, you can put on your Run DMC Adidas and your Run DMC T shirt or your Wu Tang Clan shirt or your Three Six Mafia shirt or whatever you call hip hop, and 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 have these old school nostalgia throwbacks and and callbacks and all these type of things. That's cool. I'm not saying that you have to leave your past in the past. It's cool to bring your music with you. And that's what I suggest to you. If you don't like today's music, just keep listening to whatever you've been listening to. You don't have to listen to the music. But don't shit on these kids' music. Don't shit on their culture because you're you're being fake to hip-hop. That's not – you can't call yourself hip-hop if you're, if you're talking bad about what is the current culture. You sound like you sound like the people you didn't like when you were Yeah, you age. sound – we sound like our parents when, when they listen to our music. 
I don't understand what they're saying. It's a bunch of nonsense. They're not talking about nothing. Guess what? The stuff we were listening to was not talking about shit neither. We weren't, I promise you. I, I go back and listen to some of the stuff that we grew up on. It was all a bunch of nonsense. Let these kids have their sound. It's relative. If it's entertaining to them, it's good, no matter what our old asses say. <laughs> and, and the way we, just the way we consume music has changed, man. Like, I don't have to go out and buy an album to listen to somebody's music. If I hear an interesting song or I hear a song quoted or I see this woman on TV and they're talking about, oh, she, I'm like, who is that? She's a singer. What does she sing? Okay, let me go listen real fast. I can literally pick up my phone, listen to this, this, this vast array of music catalog that I have on my you know, digital music platform that I'm paying $9 a month for. <laughs> right. I can listen to any single song I want to listen to. Anything. So we dispose music in a totally different way. We digest music in a totally different way than we did when we were kids. When we were kids, you had you got $12.99 if, if stuff was on sale. Most albums were $14.99. Every now and then you get a $9.99 sale. But you had to go buy an album and you would play that CD until the label comes off. That's why artists didn't make... An artist would make an album every two, three, four years sometimes. Right. These guys now are making three, four albums a year sometimes because music is, is so easily accessible, man. And, and they've learned ways to manipulate the system. And one thing I'll say now, back in the day, artists, all they could do was be an artist pretty much. Right. You could make albums and that was it. You might get you might get to be on Law and Order or some or, right. or you know some guest segment on TV or some movie or something. But now in the in the era we're in now, where these guys have YouTube, these guys are influencers. Right, they're influencers that became musicians and musicians who became influencers, and they have SoundCloud and all these ways to get into the industry as an independent artist. All these type of things. You've got artists who are getting shoe deals, right. McDonald's McDonald's Big Mac meals and. Clothing lines and all these type of things, starting their own lines. It's almost like the music is just a way for guys to, these guys and girls to get out there right. into whatever their dream is. And But we can't knock the culture, man. That's what, that's it's their culture. It's not ours. We're old. We're old as shit. Yeah, man. Like, we're old. We can't even dance to the stuff that we used to like no more. Knees too damn bad. You know what I mean? So leave these kids alone. Let them enjoy their music, man. It's hip hop. It's, it's always going to progress. It's always going to move forward, and it will leave us behind. You, you were speaking truth right now, man. Like I, I was actually in a previous life mm -hmm. uh, managed hip hop recording yeah. artists, and um, came around during that time when that transition to mm -hmm. streaming happened. Right, and you are one thousand percent right. One of the perfect examples of it for me is probably one of my top five albums of all time. Mm -hmm. Is by Fifty Cent. Get Richard Die Trying. Right. Like literally, there's not a single skippable track on that that album for right. me. This man put that album out, and in th the the following 365 days performed 367 times. Mm -hmm. And that's the way artists did things back yep. then. They don't have to do that. Anymore. They don't have to do that anymore. These guys are dropping three, four, five albums in a year. Right. <laughs> Some of them. And so it's like, and you also they, there's so many many platforms that mm -hmm. these guys can these guys and ladies can 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 make their waves on. And they don't have to show up in the studio anymore. If no. I want to do a song with you, Kenny, you email me a song, I email you a track. Right. Song is done and, and I can done. make an album in a day. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to get Lil Wayne, Juven uh, you know, whoever, all these guys right. in the same building. We can just make music with technology so easily now, man. So, I have a yeah. question for you. Mm -hmm. There's a question I ask a lot of people. You're stuck on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know your your favorites. You're stuck on a deserted island. Um, you have all the food you need in the world. 
but you can only have one movie and one album to listen to Damn. for the rest of your life. What would it be? One movie and one album. Shoot, man. I hate to say something that's my favorite movie. Life is up there. Way up there. That might be it because it's funny. It's got a good-ass story. Some of the greats in, in comedy and acting are in that movie. Life is a life is life a is up there. I'm, awesome probably, I'm probably overthinking some Marvel type movie. Maybe Batman, uh, the first Batman Begins was a really good movie to me. Um, maybe The Dark Knight. Mm. It's probably some Marvel movie I'm thinking, but now probably Life. And you said about a desert island. Yep, deserted island. Deserted island. I mean. Yeah, life would probably give me some hope of finally getting off this album. Let me tell you too. something. If you're, if you are, our age range, mm. just so you know, our analytics tell us our age range of people that listen to our shows, 18 to 35, mm. mostly shout out to male. That, shout out to y'all. If y'all haven't seen Life, man, y'all got to watch that movie. You're man. losing your mind. It's crazy good. Music wise, I don't know though, man, because I kind of go all over the place with music. I don't know. Oh, you know I'm a Drake guy, but I don't know if I would. Not $500 worth of Drake. You almost got some tickets this week, by the way. Who? You? No, I didn't. I went for the bottom tickets, man. You almost finessed him. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I sure was trying to finesse my guys some tickets, man. But yeah, um, I don't know. Music-wise, I don't have an answer. I might put it in the comments. Matter of fact, you guys, put your album in the comments you would bring and your movie you would watch. Put that in the comments. Like and subscribe. Look at this influencer stuff. Let's go, man. Look at this influencer stuff just coming out naturally from the kid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, let these kids have their music. That's all I got for y'all today. Uh, been a great show again. Thanks for Jarvis Greer. Thanks for uh, uh, the Memphis Redbirds. Send us some swag. Send us some gear. Make sure you guys check out the full weekend they have in store. A lot of stuff going on over there. Also, our good friends from 901 Wrestling. Remember, their show is this Saturday at 7 o'clock. You might want to check that out. It's uh, at Black Lodge. Starts, doors open at 7 o'clock. Uh, check them out. Uh, yeah, man. Hope we you guys do have a quick announcement. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. There will be no Wednesday show next no week. No Wednesday show. We chilling. We chilling. It's we chilling. It's July, baby. We're taking a break. Happy Happy Independence Day to white people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were not included in the freedom that you guys gained on July 4th of whatever year that was. What was it? 1776? 1776. Yeah. We were not included in that. Uh, shout out to us for our own... Day that we've already we've already we've already got this out the way, man. We've already celebrated our yep. being free-ish in this country, this great nation of ours. But it, no, man. All jokes aside, ish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Happy Independence Day to everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys on next Friday uh, here at the Anthony Sane Show. We will see you guys then, man. And until then, we out. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.